nice and loose. Little control. No headphones. I feel like a rap. I feel like a rapper when I Gabe wear is the best Wait, mic checker in the game, eh? The best mic like fixer. unnecessary mic checker, but yeah, yeah. You should have seen the one he ripped on Mark Cuban. Like it looked like he was like going to give him head, and he just fucking. Especially up some the- people too. It's not like it's their first interview. Like Mark Cuban knows how to like handle a mic too. Yeah, and Gabe he was like, like no, like you don't need to do that right now, bro. There's no, no one to do that there. for. Speaking fixing the mic for he's gonna have to fix. I this know. Now, so you no, can, he's doing. He's fucking it up now. So when uh, Luke comes in, he can. It's do actually it. kind of smart. How was Thailand, boys? Well, so we got a guest host today, Sugar Sean. Thanks for coming. Yeah, of course, boys. Appreciate it. How's uh, how's the training going, <laughs> dude? I'm, I've been dialed in for about four or five weeks. No train, uh, no traveling. Just been fucking training. Um, I pretty much went from camp, and then I went to Miami with you guys. And I pretty much got right back into camp. So it's like back-to-back camps. Body feels really good. Um, I'm going to be in the best shape I've ever been in going into this fight against Peter Yan, who is on the top, I think, 15 pound-for-pound best fighters in the world. This is a big fight, massive fight. Um, What's the date? October 22nd in Abu Dhabi. I, I don't know if it's going to be like at, in, at nighttime over there and daytime here or or vice versa. <laughs> really? You don't know that yet? I, I I mean, I guess I probably could look it up or ask someone, but just thinking about it, I think Sammy asked me and I said, Well, yeah, when we went, know. how was it? It was night, at night there, right? It was. Or was it yeah. early as fuck? It was no. at night there. Oh, fuck. I don't it was know like now. 5 a.m. No, I've heard at night there. Was it? But was it like 2 a.m. or was it? No, I think it was like regular time. Like the main event ended at like 12, 1230. Okay. Interesting. Maybe yeah. they'll do the same. Curious. Last 10 fights have been here in Vegas, dude. So it's going to be a little bit different. My entire UFC career has literally been in Vegas. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to play any negative role or, or anything, but it's going to be interesting fighting over there. When do you go out there? I'm going to go out October 6th. Nice. So oh, shit. Yeah, I'll do yeah, like my hard. Acclimated. Yeah. I'm going to do my hard last sparring Wednesday, and then I'm going to head out that next Thursday, be there for like two and a half weeks. It's gonna be sweet. Have you guys ever watched Peter fight? Yeah, I haven't I've watched too many highlights. of his fights. He's just, he's like, he's probably one of my favorite fighters to actually watch. He's got a sweet style, hands up, real good high guard, really good boxing, really good everywhere, um, which makes this fight so exciting for me. Because a lot of the fights I go into, I'm like a huge favorite. Like, oh, how is Sugar gonna knock this guy out? I know like, now you're like a big underdog. Now it's like right? I'm an underdog, and it's like Does that's that change exciting. Anything? It does a little bit, but it just like it's more motivating, I guess. It's 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 different. This fight feels different. It feels like a big fight. Like when I got in the UFC, dope. I wanted to be in big fights. I'd see Connor versus you know the Jose or like these him being in those big fights. I was like, that's that's what I want. I want who's, these who's big the biggest fights. guy he's fought or biggest name? Um, Peter. He was the champ. He beat Aljamain. Well, he got a disqualification. He's basically one and one with the champ. He beat Jose Aldo. Corey Sandhagen. Um, Although just fought, right? He Uriah lost. Uriah Faber. Uriah just, yeah, lost uh, some boring guy. Um, but yeah, it's a big fight, dude. And then Charles Oliveira versus Islam's the co- or the main event. That's a huge fight. <laughs> that is. I I want to see Charles win, dude. Me too, bro. I don't want to see Islam go out there and grab him and, and win. And It's like, I just feel like there's not as many as exciting fights if Islam's the champ rather yeah. than Charles. Yeah, Charles like, is on like, fire, too. <sighs> Bro, I feel like Islam's just gonna like the problem. Mall, we were talking about it, like those guys, bro. They'll they'll die before they lose, though. Uh, the Russians. Yeah, yeah. Peter's have a little you, Russian. Have you seen like the videos too of like how Khabib coaches Islam from the corners? Yeah, it's fucked. It's bro. Like it's like play by play. It's intense. Really? Yeah. Khabib's a character. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, that that style. Do you and Peter like this? Might be stupid, but do you guys ever talk like on the side? It's funny, actually. I've I've messaged him on Instagram when I was trying to get this fight booked because I honestly didn't think he would take this fight. I'm yeah. ranked number thirteen. He's ranked number one. Like I didn't think he was gonna take this fight. So I was in, in the DMs like, "You won't like <laughs> calling him out like personally um, to make it a little more like what motherfucker?" Did like, he open it? Yeah, yeah. We've talked back and forth. We've had some silly little interactions, but uh, nothing, nothing too crazy. Where, but, yeah. where does he train? Because he's not in the U.S. Is he's he? in Thailand. Hanging out the ladyboy. Oh shit! <laughs> I know. We, we were just there. You were Good thing f- we didn't fucking cross paths with him. Held, you should have been filming some secret shit for me. Well, I didn't you're, see him, bro. You're too busy with the ladyboy. Hey, it's oh, not even there, bro. Hang off. Whoa, whoa! You guys rocking the same aps no over way. here? Are we? Damn, that's clean. Oh, I got, oh no, you got the. His look a little bit more big daddy style. Uh, is Luke's? A His looks better? a little bit more bigger. <laughs> Whatever. I got a similar watch to Luke. Oh, that is fucking sick, though. All right. I'll just tuck mine in my in my pocket hey, or some we shit. Can, we can swap them up a little bit. This will be my like my third seltzer attempt. Really, like tasting ever. So it's five p.m. right now. You, Happy Dad. What do you think? 
Will it help my dad bod? A little bit. I mean, we can't say it's healthy, but if you look at the macros, like if you check the back, it's not bad. What's what's in this thing? I think it's like cal- 100 See, calories. So Tulane is 99, so we got your ass on oh, that. Oh, shit, really? We're already whooping. We're already getting some, getting in some of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, though. I could drink that. I, I hadn't. We did it anyway. There you go. Here we go. It's not cold enough, though. That's fire. It's good. I actually though. really like it. Yeah, I good. ought to know how to make a damn beer. Y'all are quiet. The crew's Dude, quiet. this is smooth. This is fire. Are we live on this? Yeah, we're live. We just go for it. So well, do, you, do you drink before shows often? Or man, I'm, I'm a little... This is going... I'm I'm drinking a little early right now. I typically drink... I love grapefruit juice and vodka. I drink one of those about that big before the show. And then... Every show? Like you like to go out with a little show. buzz? Every show. That's awesome. You know, I tried one time... Sorry, I got to get this damn couch game going. Get, get comfy. There we go. But uh, we did, uh, I, I like had a wine drunk. You know, you know, you have all that anxiety. Wine after. drunk's dangerous. They're too. awful because you have anxiety. Like, And then you quit drinking. And I swore off drinking. And I tried to do a show in Orlando. Like nothing in me. Like no. Now, it, and like, my brain runs, and then I start thinking about lyrics, and then you're like, the lyrics are in your brain, and then you start, and then it's like, it starts snowballing. So that was the last time I tried to just go, not anything. But I don't So drink. when you're sober, you can't remember the lyrics. Well, when <laughs> I, when I'm, you know, when I'm, when I'm just like dead sober, I hadn't tried it in a minute. I may... I maybe like another time I took a I took a night off and I did okay, but like. But it's nice to get out there. Like a little buzz gives you that confidence. Loose. I mean, it, there's it's just that slight edge with a little buzz, right? Yeah, there's it doesn't do you any good. Like, um, I used to do these spring break shows uh, several years ago, and historically that was the only time I would like just get too wasted. Like, no, I it was that was the point. Right, I would just. I would get drunk on stage, <laughs> and I did. I did okay on it, you know. But it's still not when you get have, too drunk. Have up you there, ever got like what's one time where you got like a little too hammered on stage? Man, the first time I ever, I've had about five or six of them through the years, <laughs> and one of them. Um, I mean, this was back before I had just gotten signed to Capitol, and we were in Centerville, Iowa, in a hayfield, literally. And man, I, it was it was first day of football season. Uh, you know, college football. I was on the bus, and man, we just got I got trashed, and I got on stage, and it was awful. And you know, there's two hundred people there, so I didn't really, I didn't really do too much damage to myself. But literally, like it felt like I just couldn't I couldn't get it together, <laughs> and I never got it together. And like, so I couldn't. Off? Yeah, how does the crowd no, react? No, I got through it. I did the whole show. And by the end of the show, I kind of sobered myself up, but it was bad. And so, you know, so other than the spring break shows, and then the last night uh, when we do Crash My Playa in Mexico, the final night is just a, just all the artists come out and we just start, and we just start playing whatever we want to. And I'll, I'll, and, um, I'll get I'll get pretty lit up, and then one night I, we had a charity event at my house, and I drank like a whole bottle at home. You got to get That's extra okay. hammered when it's yeah. a charity well, concert. Well, but I, it was not the time to do it, <laughs> and I drank a whole bottle of Casamigos on stage. What? And dude, it was bad. Yeah, like <laughs> we're in Nashville, and it's like in October. And we're out in the country. Yeah, you know, we had like five six hundred people at our house, and we're jamming. What's and, your house though? The well, guests are going to be pissed or happy to be invited, right? Well, no, the people there weren't pissed. It was the neighbors that were sitting on their back porch like a mile away. It was like a calm night. They called the cops? They didn't call the cops, but I said, you know. Well, you're cursing at the I neighbors? I said fuck about a zillion times on the mic. And like a million people heard it <laughs> throughout the county. But. I woke up the next morning. I was like, oh, God, I had to make some phone calls. Yeah, anxiety kicks in. You're like, fuck. 
What have I done? Well, I mean, I've heard, don't you fall off the stage a few times too? I do that. And I only do that in North Carolina, which is, is that like a North drinking Carolina? thing? Or? It's North Carolina. That's from sober times falling off the stage. I, you know, I'm not that, like I said, I mean, if it's, it's just being goofy and not altogether. You know, sometimes we'll get out here in Vegas and then like the stage is set out here. And then like, we'll, you know, stages have little nuances that are different, man. You miss one little deal. But like that night in North Carolina, the last one, I'd actually kicked my beer over. And and then I stepped in the beer. And then I, you know, I was about to do a split. So other than try to save it, I just kind of wrote it on down and, and it flopped around like a, like a damn harpooned That's whale awesome. up there or something. But Yeah, country, like... We listen to like a lot of rap too, but I listen to a lot of country and just going to country events is like the best, like the best crowds to people that have never been like, you got to go like, well, it's fun, man. You know, everybody, ever everybody's got, you know, in my world, um, you know, in the music, you know, I, I mean, I make some serious music and then I make some fun music that people dance to and party to. And man, I think most of the time people just want to come have fun and not, you know, not deal with a bunch of. You know, they just want to come and dance and and drink and and dance with the girl and hook up, meet the girl and all that. And you know, gosh, I've you know got a few years under my belt now, so I've, I've been there, done that, and seen it a million times. But walking out on stage, you know, night in and night out, and even this year, this year has been one of our most successful years touring. And when I walk out there, and I've gotten to, I mean, I'd say I'm. 11, 12 years into like headlining my own stuff. And the fact that people are still showing up every night, I'm like, that's fucking sick. Yeah, what it's you- amazing. I think it's because they're so drunk. They don't remember the shows. <laughs> so what the- do you mean by it's been the most successful year in terms of like selling tickets? Well, or- it's just like, you know, coming out of COVID, I toured last year and we had a crazy good year. But, you know, I think, um, you know, we had obviously 2020, nothing, 2021. I think, I think like, 25% of people just didn't want to be around other people. Yeah. It was still, mm-hmm. now whether you were like, you know, whatever aisle, you know, if you were, no matter what side of the aisle you stood on and how, sure. if you were, you know, whatever you felt, you know, I just felt like 20% of the crowds were kind of like, you know, maybe we ought to give it one more year. We still had a great year last year, but this year has been, you know, I mean, we've been, selling out and having a blast everything's been huge and you know i walk out there every day and i'm like gosh i can't i can't believe this you know that's awesome it's did, fun to get to you know get to do this so long and but um did performing come natural to you were you like naturally a performer performing is what i always kind of uh hung my hat on you know um boys this episode is sponsored by shopify Shopify is an all-in-one e-commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. If you're inspired to start a new business venture this year, you guys gotta try Shopify. Shopify is the only tool you need to start, run, and grow your in-person or e-commerce business without the struggle. Shopify is the global e-commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. So whether you're offering custom stickers from Shopify's in-person POS system or selling sunglasses on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are in good hands. By now it's clear, you boys know that I love Shopify. We've used Shopify's e-commerce platform from the very beginning to sell full send and happy dad gear hosted on our website. My favorite thing about Shopify is no matter how big you wanna grow, it gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. They're truly a global force powering millions of entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. So boys, if you're thinking of starting a business, doing anything, get something going, you can go to shopify.com slash full send and sign up for a $1 per month trial, period. So all lowercase, go to shopify.com slash full send and take your business to the next level today. I always really pride of myself to try to, 
just be the best entertainer I could be and the best, um, you know, I think when it comes to, um, I think sometimes, you know, vocally, people may not give me much credit for being a singer night in and night out. But um, but I think at the end of the day, people people just want to come see me up there having fun, not being too serious, being loose, being chill. And uh, I did that from the time, you know, I started getting on stage 16, 17, playing little bars and stuff. And, man, I just always have fun up there. And um, so when I moved to Nashville, I started writing. And then, um, you know, there's there, I'd always written some all through high school and college and stuff, but never really got serious. So, I mean, when you're writing for yourself and your career, you need to be able to write and it, it's all got to line up. You got to have a great live show and then you got to write the great songs and sing them great. It's all got to come together at the same point. Thankfully, you know, I always was really working hard writing so I could get back on stage. You know, some people come, they're great writers, great singers, but you put them up there and they have no, you know, they have no stage presence. They have no personality. They have, you know, and it gets a little tricky for them. So, was it hard to switch from cover bands to writing your own stuff? Yeah, you know, when you're in cover bands, you know, you're singing like other people, right? And you know, so that's mean, the point is to try to actually kind of match their voice rather than. Well, I mean, naturally, you do it. I mean, I was 18 oh. years old playing in bars and trying to sound like my heroes. Now, whether I sounded like them or not, it's a different story. But you know, the main thing with me is when you when you leave like a cover band, college band. You know, frat party. We were like, you know, growing up in Georgia, the the thing about growing up down in Georgia and, and that part of the country, I mean, you can go to colleges and play college bars, frat parties as a college band, you know, um, down in, in, you know, in that part of the – and so, you know, you're doing all the covers. You're doing like, heck, we, we did – when we played everything, rap, rock, whatever. I was doing whatever made people have fun. And uh, but getting to Nashville, you know, you got, you, it takes a little time to kind of figure out what you're going to be as an artist. You know, uh, it's not like, um, you know, I had to, had to, I had to just kind of really even dive in vocally what I was as a singer, and and you know, I may have moved to Nashville thinking I sounded good singing something, but when you step in front of a microphone you're recorded in the studio you know you can kind of go oh, i didn't really say did you have well. a coach for vocals or did you i never just, had a vocal co- no? coach i mean my producer who's still my producer a guy named jeff stevens and his son produces me also but jeff the reason why it worked is jeff knew how to coach me along knew how to um when he and i wrote a song just magic magic shit started happening you know, so it was like, I mean, you can go right with a hundred people, and and nothing like the, the 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 magic dust doesn't happen. But then when you go find the right four or five, and like when y'all sit in the room, just like, it, and you didn't even mean for it to happen. So with Jeff, just the magic kind of started happening, and he coached me along, and made you know, just you get better and better and better and better as a singer. And do you do you ever still write for other people? You know, I, it's funny. I, 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 um, I don't write like a ton as much as I used to. I used to, you know, two two songs a day, and four days a week, and you know, just writing and wow. just in there in the trenches. I mean, just just by yourself in a room, or well, no, you know, you got co-writer scenarios. Oh, okay. I mean, like like this looks like a cover. This looks like bounce ideas. We're ready off to each write other. a song right now. You know, just have a. Guitar and start. Let's try it. No, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you never know. But uh, but the main thing with with in those days, you know, just writing with your buddies and um, one of my buddies, Dallas Davidson. You know, I, we we went to college together, and he calls me up. Can I come up and write songs? And you think I'd be a good songwriter? And I'm like, man, I'd rather have your crazy. Dumbass up here writing songs and a bunch of people that didn't grow up loving country music. Man, he moved up, slept on my couch, and hell, he's at 25, 28 number ones. And, you know, he, he some of the songs, you know, some of the songs that he and I've written have, you know, really defined my career. And, but um, so it, so when did you go from like playing in bars and frats to doing the real big shows? Well, you know, I mean, when when my my first single 
uh, that came out was called All My Friends Say. And it was pretty, you know, it went to number five on the country charts, and which was a miracle, you know, for your debut single. Then my second song didn't do well. It died at like 35, which was pretty rough, pretty depressing, because it was one that I had a lot of, um, you know, I had a lot of high expectations for. So, I mean, like, when it flops, does that kill your confidence? Oh, it kills you. Yeah? It's a nightmare. How old are you at that time? Man, I'm 28, 20. I'm not not, 29, 30. No, I may have been like right around 30. But, man, you just – and it was a song that I had had, um, played in Georgia. It was called We Rode in Trucks, and it was about where I grew up. We rode in trucks. You know, that was what all the – and, man, it was a damn good-ass song. And, I mean, I would go play – college bars in Athens, Georgia, and all over the South and sell them out like that because they wanted to hear We Rode in Trucks. And then I put it on the radio, and it didn't. It, it flopped. <laughs> it sucked. And um, But, I mean, like, you think it's good, and then you put it on, the, the people don't like it? You know, there's a lot of – there's a lot of – there's a lot of nuances behind it when you're a young artist. You don't realize what's going on. But yeah. it just – it just – How so? Like what type, what kind of nuances? Well, you know. Like business shit behind the scenes? Business shit, little little things where, like little internal label stuff where, Uh, I mean, there was some stuff that that went on that I couldn't do nothing about. And, uh, but thank God, you know, I just kept writing. And like, so when We Rode in Trucks died, it was like almost two years before I came with my first number one, a song called Do I? And then I had a couple number ones, which was a huge thing. And then at that point, I'm starting to open for like Jason Aldean. Oh, shit. Nice. And I'm out on tour with him and Tim McGraw had me out. And then, um, so I'm I'm actually like, I'm getting a tour bus at this moment and going and actually, you know, doing it on the road. But then when Country Girl Shake It For Me came out, it was fucking, it was over. Yeah, Yeah, that's just over. It was over, and you know that—that's the coolest thing about it. And once you drop a big one, you know. And what was and, that song released? That song, like, oh man, it was—it was—it was awesome. I mean, were you confident that one was going to? Yeah, bang? I knew it was. Good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know what? But there were still people. You know, there were still people. I mean, that didn't—they didn't hear it, and they didn't get it, and they didn't—they thought it was. You know, they thought it was this and that. Like before who, like you released it. Just that's just what it is. I mean, when you, you know, and you know, when you're working with labels and you're getting people's opinion, you know, some people just, I mean, you know, country girl shaker for me in the world of country music at the time was it like a little too. It was a little more poppy than like it was real- just the subject matter. I mean, sitting there going, you know, shake your ass for me, and you know, it was, you know, I mean, that was a. I was a it like new- older people at the label and shit. Yeah, not older people, but just people that just what? were purists, maybe country music purists and stuff like that within the label. But, but you know, I they they said, hey, if you're behind it that much, rock and roll and and um, what's funny is it went, it didn't go to number one, it went to number five. Really? And some sometimes, sometimes polarizing, not polarizing songs like that can do that. You know, a lot of. Historically, a lot of big songs over the years that had pretty risky, you know, risque. I mean, which, like I said, you guys, yeah, I was to hear me say "Country Girl Shake It" for me is risque for y'all. Y'all are, I'm probably makes y'all giggle, but <laughs> no. But I see you mean like because there's like a standard like is this country or is it pop? Like that's a real thing. Well, right? and 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 what is it? You know, mainly and and uh, but you know, every artist that segues into the you know, you can go, you can go jack around and make a little money, but any artist that transitions into like large, you know, going to big headline and selling out, there, there's a song that was just so unique and different enough that moved the needle to create that moment. And once "Country Girl Shake It" for me happened, you know, it was like that set the tone for like. People just going, well, this guy's a little, you know, he's a little different and he's not up there. It seems like the country pop ones are the ones that go crazy, though. They do. And, you know, at the time, you know, what made country girls show, you got to think about this. I'm playing college bars. Yeah. And, you know, 
I mean, literally, I hit my last song and friggin' Yin Yang Twins comes on, you know, to <laughs> right. the windows, to the walls. <laughs> and people are, mm. I mean, and all the, you know, hell, 50 cents and all that, all the college kids, they were piled up coming to the country shows. And I was playing all the big old covers and my songs and 2,000 people. But when the rap stuff came on, I mean, it was just mayhem. So I was like, God, dog, if I could ever become a rapper, well, <laughs> mix it up. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever want to go down that path. But, mm-hmm. but you know, there's a lot to be said for, I think music these days, I mean, um, everybody's listening to everything. You know, my, yeah. I got a, my, I, my nephew, uh, who's lived with me since he was 13. I mean, he's in college and man, he comes home from, he's in Athens and, Man, his playlist is everything. Yeah. I mean, every rap song he knows, every country song he knows. I mean, it's really rap. I mean, in the South, where I'm, I mean, it's like the rappers in the country. And even yeah. like, you know, my children, they're 14 and 12, but my 14 year old, you know. What do he, they listen to? There's no telling the same. <laughs> you know, I was riding around listening to NWA as a kid and yeah. Easy E and. What, what's like their favorite like rap? They listen to rap or oh, like, they I don't even know. I don't yeah, ask them. Yeah, they into music too. Though? Are they, they're they're, into they're into music for the they're not, they're not playing. I wonder what like a twelve year old. But it's it's to. different too though because like you 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 grew up on a farm right? Yeah, and like and they're growing NWA up with money and like you know Luke Skywalker and all that stuff. Like like when we were kids, yeah, like we would have to go like we'd have to go hide to listen. I mean, like we, sure. Like I've got enough sense to know my boys when they're riding the, when they're with their buddies and nobody's listening, they're listening to the damn, they're, they're listening to the, the little baby. (laughs) They're listening to all of it. Yeah. Cause I mean, when I, when I listened to easy E back then, man, we thought it was just the most, it was way more controversial back yeah. then. Though. Oh, and y'all don't even realize. Now it's not controversial. Like, no, now it's like just about, now. now it's about what can I say to be so far out there that just makes you listen. But back then, I mean, I mean, NWA and, the, you know, even Luke Scott, I mean, I never, I mean, I mean, I, you know, in my little town, I live next to, you know, um, some of, you know, some of my best friends were, um, these two uh, black kids, Tambor G and Thomas G, and man, they come running down the street one day and they had Luke Skywalker, you know, hey, we want some pussy on. And when I saw that (laughs) and they're listening to it, I mean, you do not understand what, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, our parents are going to kill you. for sure. And so from then, man, it was like, you know, and then you go into like when I like y'all were I don't even know y'all are a lot younger than me, but when you go into like nothing but a G thing and all that, and that's when we were in high school, man, and we we just listened to that twenty four seven. Oh yeah, we still listen to that. Yeah, and we, you know. So do you get inspiration from any of that, or was like I think all you your get inspiration from-, from all of it? You get ins- you know, you get inspiration from, um, yeah. I mean, what makes people, what makes people get invested in you know. And you and what you're singing, and um, I think uh, I think the second, like I mean, I, I think the second you quit watching what your fans are doing and what they're responding to, then you, you've kind of right, you've kind of you know jumped the shark at that point. So, um, I mean, I've done you know, heck, I've got like I said, years years into this whole thing, and it's really important for me just to stay who I am, but then try to, you know, I, I think if I try to go write some songs like, Oh baby, you know, get, you know, give me a lap dance. I mean, hell, I, that ain't going, I can't do that. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, that's for some other crazy well, ass country kid coming around down the path. But, but when I kick into country girl, shake it for me and watch every, and even other songs after that, or that's my kind of night where people are dancing. It's just like, Man, it worked. It's I wanna, crazy. I want to ask you off that, though, because you see, like, so nothing but a G thing, right? NWA, <laughs> the rap game's changed a lot. With country, does it, like, evolve like that, or you think it kind of stays like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like the same, like. I think all, for, you know, I think there's all, in country, you know, people, p- 
people always are like, we want it to be older and we want it to sound old. And that's a good thing for some things. But I think, I think it always has to evolve. I mean, even when you look at the sounds of rap or rock or anything, the, first of all, the tracks and the music and the way it's all built is so different. Right. Which makes it sound different. You know, um, I mean, when you listen to, I mean, heck, you know, any, like a Justin Bieber, I mean, I'll, I'll listen to like Justin Bieber stuff and the sonic, sonic sounds of all that stuff is so new and cutting edge and the guys producing it are just making stuff. I mean, it's still normal lyrics, really. Right. Yeah. I mean, simple lyrics that relate. But I, I think as as when when and at when you look at country music, when you speak to country crowds to what they want to hear, but you've got some production behind it that's really new and fresh, that takes you to another level. I mean, you know, and and you know, when you and and that's kind of what was going on with me, and what I still try to do is just. Um, have little production things that really move the needle. I mean, if I sat with just me, my voice, a fiddle, and a and a kick drum, and a, you know, it, I, I could go sound like something very, very old school. Yeah, but it would sound like I'm trying to do that. Sure. You know, sure. Now you got guys like Chris Stapleton. He's stripped down, very simple, but no one on planet Earth, their voices sound as good like Chris Stapleton. Yeah, yeah. And even like Morgan, and you know, and I know y'all done a done one of these with Luke Combs. You know, at the end of the day, those guys, their voices set them in a different level, and then they put production and new songs and ideas around it. And that's what you got to wake up every day and try to wake up every day and try to recreate and invent. And I think rappers are out there, you know, you're not going to go make it as a rapper sounding like, you know, I guess two chains was like huge, what, five, six years ago. And you can't go do two chains again. You got to go. And I'm not plugged into all I know is when you listen to any rap right now. I don't listen to much, but all I know is when we're on a wake surfer boat and, my who do you slap on the wake surfing boat if there is any rappers? Who do I? No, put? You, yeah, who are you, you bumping? Oh, I don't even know, man. No, I like. I go so. I'm so. Little Jack Harlow. I can see. You I mean, I'm, I'm in on Jack. Like, I don't have his album, but I know, you know, first class and all right. that. And I can't <laughs> tell you all the lyrics of that, but I guarantee you, my 12 year old, my 14 year old, could sing every word. <laughs> and anytime, like, that's the way I know. Like, if we're on like a wake surfing boat, and I don't even know they're. And then they play one of them. They're back there, you know, wake surfing, singing everywhere. And I'm like, when did you learn all this shit? Where are you? Where are you sneaking at to go find all this stuff? But how about country artists? Who's like top top three of your favorites? Well, I mean, I've, I've, you know, I, I was, you know, I had Morgan. Morgan, his first year out on the road with me, his first year, um, kind of in a big, you Were know, you the uh, first one to bring him on. Tour? I was the first one to, I think, put him in a stadium environment. I okay. think the years that I had Morgan out, um, I mean, Morgan was, I was doing, I think I did like 12 or 13 stadiums that year. And he just, the second I heard his first single, Up Down, the second I heard Is that with it, Florida Georgia Line? He wrote it with them. Okay. And the second I heard it, I said, I knew something was up. That's I was a like, banger. I was like, I knew wherever he was coming from to write that because because I was like, God, dang, he's, like, he's on fire. Yeah, his music. Yeah, but I would have loved to have heard if I'd have heard that song first listen, I would have went right to the studio and recorded it and just friggin' loved it. And when I heard Up Down, I was like, Hey, get him out. And and I, I even remember we anyway we we got him out and then. Um, but just watching him, uh, you know, go from having a couple singles to, to certainly um, um, where he's at now. And, you know, the thing about Morgan is he – and, and the, the thing about him and, like, the guy – you know, when, when me and Aldine were like – it was me and Aldine. We were like, you know, we just – like, from 2000 to 2020, nobody – like, we were just like – it you guys are just, the shit. Top two it dogs. It was just yeah? bananas. Were you guys competitive or no? No, we've been always, we've loved, we love each other for all the right reasons. And we have a damn blast with each other's success. Like, 
like he would win like artist of the year and then I would win album of the decade and all, or, or he won artist of the decade and I won album of the decade. And we're like drinking and shooting tequila about it. And we don't, you know, man, we had so much fun together. I toured with him a couple years, you know, he got to win some entertainers of the year. I he did. Won. How many are you in? Five? I see like I've, five entertainers I've of the year. I've won five and, and had a couple. 50 major music you know, awards. I've won five, had a couple more. You got those like, all in your <laughs> Yeah, for sure. But uh, You show your kids those. What's that? Daily all Dean no? started paying the judges. <laughs> <laughs> no, hell. You know, he I actually won one when he should have won it, in my opinion. Ah. You didn't I, say that to him, did you? Yeah, I've, I've told him that. <laughs> what year was that? But then there was one year that I thought I got screwed out of one that he didn't win that I thought that he, I forgot he was even in there with me. He was like, well, what about me that year? <laughs> so we, we've had some fun, but, you know, at the end of the day, man, I mean, I look back and so when you look at like Luke Combs and where Morgan are, they're, they're in that zone, man. And they, and when I talk to those boys and talk to them on the phone, I'm like, y'all having fun and they're having fun. And that's what they ought to be doing. You know, they, they shoot. I mean, they, they're out there. They're out there like. Is there anyone in the scene that like you think is like doing it wrong? You don't have to say their names, but. Oh, man, you know, there's there's ding dongs and dumbasses that are like big there. right now. Uh, you know, I think that even if they are big right now, I think in country music, when when you don't when you have this. When you have this air about you, and I think it catches up with you. I think you can kind of, you kind of yeah, trick no, people for a little bit. What do you mean? Like you're like fake country. You're not really a country boy. That's, That's what I was about. gonna wonder. Because like some rappers, it's like, yo, you're not actually hood. Like, is there some country people that are not country? Like they'll just throw on their hunter's jackets, well, get muddy, I, I, take a photo, and then take the jackets yeah, off. Like, they don't right. even drive a truck. Too. Well, here's what I can <laughs> I can unequivocally say without a shadow of a doubt that if you sing about hunting and fishing and drinking and trucks and shit, and I get you on my farm in one minute, I could tell if you're a poser or if you're not legit. That's funny. Yeah. Like I could hand you a fishing rod and be like the farm test. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got in. And, and you know, and, 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 and then I, but now that doesn't mean that every, every country, has that happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, were they pulled up to you? That's funny. No one will pull it. Like, you're not driving a Tesla. They obviously. can't even cast the rod off the off the fish line? <laughs> that That is correct. Oh, God. <laughs> so me and my buddy Dallas, we're, we're like, uh, we, got a, we got a barometer that we rate, that we rate um, when I, I'll take these guys fishing. And I'm like, they don't know that I'm, fu I'm fucking – I'm checking them out. They just <laughs> think hilarious. I'm being nice, taking them fishing. <laughs> and Dallas called me. He goes, because the first no-no in fishing is, in bass fishing is, are you able to set the hook on the fish properly? I mean, do you look like a complete, I mean, do you look like a complete idiot setting the hook or do you look like a damn man doing it? So Dallas will call me and he'll go, what's the, uh, how they set the hook? And I'm like, He's clear. He passed. He's like, oh, great. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> is, there, is there anyone you could say that failed the farm test? No, I ain't doing that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not starting that headline. Well, we, we, <laughs> we heard that you did catch your biggest fish on your birthday recently, right? It wasn't my birthday, but man, I, I finally... So, you know, I grew up in South Georgia and bass fishing's huge where I grew up. And man, I... I and I never caught a fish over 10 pounds. And I'd always... So I'd always... um. When I would, uh, you know, we we didn't. No, we we. My dad did pretty good, and there was always kids that struggled a lot more than us. But we didn't have much, so I would always have to ask permission to go fish in somebody's lake. And I remember the anxiety of like having to ask. Yeah, because you know that you're calling these old farmers that's got this bass lake. Sure, and you're like, you know, Mister So and So. Do you mind if I go fish your lake? And sometimes they'd be like, no, buddy, not today. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd be like, 
<laughs> yeah, that's funny. But you'd have you, then you know sometimes we'd sneak into them and fish them. Well, at so night, how, how big was the one you caught? It was eleven six. Nice. But I actually caught it. So when I had when I started having success, my lifelong dream was like one day I'm gonna have my own bass lake that I cannot have to call anybody and have the anxiety of getting ter- said no to. So I built my own bass lake. <laughs> so I kind of cheated. <laughs> you know, I fed them so much. They're, they're, they're quite, you know, robust, you know, bass. Did, did you send that picture out? Like, do you send it to Aldine and let him know? Or <laughs> Well, a- Aldine does pass the hook setting test. Oh, okay. So, I figured he would. I mean, he, I, I'd put him at a seven and a half out of 10 on, on hook set. <laughs> How do you think you'd do Steiny on the farm? I could do it. You I would not do. I well would pull up all. in a tundra to your house and then like, <laughs> tundra. Yeah. Wait, what? Tundra's not a real, real pickup. <laughs> tundras are, you know, they, they, I can cut you some slack on that. It just depends. But it's the first one I can You say it's not a Toyota? Toyota. Toyota okay, well, what do you drive, bro? No Toyotas on the farm. Well, fuck, bro. I don't. I drive. Um, what is it? Fords and Chevys only? No. Oh my god, bro! It's an F one fifty, right? It's no, a I'm the Chevy guy. Always have been. I have a. Uh, I've got. I actually never had two GMCs at once. Um, actually, damn Toyota. Um, I know I fucked that up. Well, but you're good. We'll, we'll cut you some slack on some Tundras, but uh, I mean they're. But I have a. So I, you know, uh, my nephew lived with me since he was uh, 13, and then I've got two boys, and then I'd have my pickup truck. Well, then they would always have like five or six buddies that would want to go to the farm. But I couldn't fit them in the back of the pickup truck. So I went and bought like this Denali, uh, this suburban GMC Denali with all the second row seats. And I put like an eight-inch lift kit on it. And like it's <coughs> it's mean. Like spray rhino. Got How many it. trucks you got now? Man, I got quite a few. How many? I got two Ford Broncos, the new ones. I've got like I've got I've got a GMC. Uh, I got two pickups. I got a Denali, and I got a bunch of farm trucks and stuff. That's dope. <laughs> and it was cool. My wife, my brother, passed away back in '96, and I got his '96 Chevy. And when after I got it, I drove it a little bit, and it started having problems. And I'm in college, and I don't have enough money. And man, I I traded it in and got a got like a GMC Yukon. And, you know, for years, I was like, man, I should have never sold my brother's truck. And when my wife went and found it and got it back. No, no uh, way. We restored it, and it's that's so awesome. I got that one, too. Yeah, that's so. great. Big play Pretty, by the wife. What's that? So that's a big play by the wife. Yeah, yeah. man. It was Seriously. like, I, you know, because, you know, you, it was it, the, the, the truck, like, wound up in Louisiana. I mean, it was, you know, but it was the truck, and we got it back, and, and – uh so, but yeah, I've got, um, but you know, we've got some farms, so we keep a couple on the farm just to kind of, you know, tear up when we're down there and get in the mud. That's dope. Where is the farm? Well, I've got a place in Georgia where I grew up and then I've got, um, some stuff in Southern Tennessee too, that we do a lot of deer hunting and turkey hunting and I've got some, you know, I've got some bass lakes down there and then, um, and then last this past year, two years, I've been ape shit over duck hunting. So I've got a duck hunting farm now, and that's sweet. Yeah, that's great. How's being a judge on American Idol? Man, it's it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know, it's good. It's fun. I mean, um, Lionel and Katie are you know Lionel Richie is just one of the baddest ass human beings that's ever lived. You know, Katy Perry is what you see is what you get. She's it's a hell of a lineup right there. Well, she's just man, you know, like you know, people are like she's people, got a lot of bangers too, like oh yeah. hits. Yeah. Oh my God, California yeah. girl, Fireworks. Oh, man, Fireworks. man, you don't, you know, the songs that she big bangers. You know, no one really knows this, but <clears throat> I think for a minute there, it was like Katie and Michael Jackson tied for most number ones in pop music history. Damn, I think they both had twelve or thirteen. And the thing about Katie is, you know, people are like, well, how's Katy Perry? And I'm like, well, you got to grade a pop star on like a curve anyway. Like, how, how, what does that mean? 
Well, like, how much do they go pop star on you? Ah, like, okay. are they like diva? Like over the top? Like show up hour late? You know, got you know forty people entourages, and, and you know, Katie's just you know she's just a real girl that is not you know what the most endearing thing is she's not afraid to have. She's not afraid to be a goofball and cut up with herself mm. and show all that. She's not afraid to just say, you know, fuck it. Just, just be stupid and have fun and don't worry about, you know, I think sometimes in entertainment, girls feel a lot of pressure to really uh, put out things, you know, be real um, polished and real perfect all yeah, the time. Definitely. And I think Katie really embraces just being out there having fun and not taking herself too serious, which helps the show. You know, if I, if, if she, if, if, you know, if, if our dynamics off, you know, then we don't have, you know, we don't have. You guys like, have done what? Five seasons together? Yeah. We did our fifth, fifth season. Who's, uh, who's the biggest talent over your five seasons you guys got? The, you know, I would say the most, the most, uh, the, the, ta- the person that really, um, sits with me the most as far as talent was Alejandro Aranda. Okay. I don't know if y'all watched him, but he's the guy that really plays the guitar. He plays guitar and piano as good as anybody in the world. And he does it in like a style that's, he's almost created his own genre. It's like, it's like savant stuff. Um, when I look at like, um, and then there's like, I mean, I, I'm not just saying this. I mean, Chase Beckham and I have Chase won um, la- uh, the year before last. Chase is doing really well and great singer and songwriter. He he's he's awesome. We had one girl that I had a lot of high expectations. Yeah, and she uh, she bowed out of the competition. Do you keep it real with them, or do you are you like nice? Do you just, like tell him how you feel if you don't like like how they perform? You know, I think historically I've kind of spoke. I've been a little more real. Maybe the, you know, I, I know I've gotten more booze and more, more kind of hate mail on on socials from maybe saying a kid didn't do great, but we keep it pretty. You know, we keep it pretty. Um, pretty safe for them too. I mean, it's it's a different day and age. I think that. You know, I think these kids on Idol, I mean, even if we don't say they suck, you know, when they go to their Instagram or whatever. <laughs> I know, that's the difference the comments, now, right? Yeah, I mean, I, y'all get it. I mean, y'all are reading your stuff every day, and you don't, you know. Before they just get roasted <clears throat> by Simon, now they get roasted by like <laughs> Well, yeah, it's people. layers. And and so I think, I think, you know, when you look at – um. You know, I think when you look at the generation that these kids, you know, are coming up in and I kind of had to live the social media generation like in real time. Like, <laughs> I mean, I had to, you know, when I started there were you know, you don't, you know, I didn't get, I mean, I started, I was one of the first guys that would, you know, pick up my social and some guy would, you know, be talking shit to me and I'd be like, uh, I'm gonna go. I gotta beat. I gotta beat this guy's ass. You know, like, <laughs> where do I go to beat his ass? Do you ever read your DMs now and stuff? Uh, yeah, I read them sometimes, and like sometimes you got a lot of support though too. Yeah, but you know that's what sucks about the world is you just focus on some dumbass. Yeah, in his underwear in a basement, you know. And but I've gotten better. I, I don't stuff doesn't bother me. I mean, there was one guy, like, I'm pretty sure if I ever see him, I'm going to try to, I mean, I'm going to fight him. Like, no doubt going to hit him. <laughs> what did he do? What did he say? Just talking shit constantly. <laughs> Just block that guy, bro. <laughs> nah, but he needs his you ass. You want to fight him? Uh, do, you watch any, uh, do you watch any fights? Any sports? Oh, I watch it all. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'm into the whole, wait, but y'all ask me. Oh, but yeah, I mean, I'm into, um. Like any time, like I was a huge Floyd Mayweather fan. I mean, I watched I, I, every fight he ever did. I watched, loved everything. I mean, I'm totally into the whole Logan Paul shit. I love all that. Just it's yeah. fun, you know. I'm. Um, you see, Jake might be fighting Anderson Silva. I don't know if you're familiar with with that, but I heard that might be getting in the house. Man, that I would think be crazy. I like I said, you know, I mean, everybody wants to <clears throat> sit back and. 
judge maybe how somebody gets their street cred or, you know, like in the, even in the industry now, you know, somebody's like, well, they're just TikTok sensation. They haven't earned or even Idol. You know, if you win American Idol, they haven't earned their right. I'm like, at some point to go from making 200 grand a year to 200 million, you're going to have to earn your street cred. Sure. You, so your street cred is coming. Yeah. If you know. Well, yeah. Congrats on your American Idol bag, by the way. What's oh it's, well, it's it's on the internet, so I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> how many Toyota Tundras exactly? Well, fucking shitload. Shit. Yeah, uh, you know, nice just gig. more, you know, more, more hunting land, boys. Deer stands. Yeah, big how, old, big how, old bass. How does this work for you with your residency here? Like traveling, you travel from oh, Georgia, it's like y'all. I mean, I woke up in Tennessee at six ten this morning, a.m., which is four ten here. Have you slept since? <laughs> no. Uh, so at 610, we had to get the boys. We went down to another farm because they've been wanting to go down there and ride their four-wheelers. And my my 12-year-old had, had a football game at playing a school down there. So we – and then the, anyway, we went down there and did his football and then stayed at our place down there. But it's about an hour and a half to get them back to their school. Damn. So we got them back to school. And then flew flew here, landed here at uh, like twelve. Went to lunch. I did two hours of rehearsals because this show is different than my touring show. Okay, which is a which is it's a night show here, right? Yeah. Okay, but you got to understand for two months I've been doing a different show. But, like that's the big audience shows, right? Yeah. My my touring deal, right? So. So to reprogram the brain, we have to run the show mm. because just to mm-hmm. make sure you're sharp. Yeah, what's yeah, so, what's we, so different? Yeah, we would get through, but but like there's differences. There's a lot of differences in this show and our. So like, yeah, I what mean, is the difference? Like, I know it's a, I know the venue here is only five thousand, so it's more private, right? Well, uh, when you look at what this show is, the cool part about this show is I sit down, I do a piano moment where I just sit at the piano and start playing oh, whatever nice. comes to my brain. I mean, hell, I may play Florida, my house, and I may play, you know, some song, you know, whatever. But uh, in a 5,000-seat theater, when you start talking to people, like, you got them, like, in the yeah. palm of your hand. Yeah, for I sure. I mean, if you're at an amphitheater and there's 24,000. You can't engage and, like, with that. 12 of them are back there in the long shotgun and beers. Right. You can't start, you can't start telling random ass stories. Yeah. Cause they're not, you know, yeah, no, you just got to sure. hit them with the music, but here are like, I mean, I can sit there and tell jokes. Like some, some days the show's an hour and 40 minutes. Some nights it's two hours and 10 minutes. Cause, cause I just go off on it. And that, that's a fun, I love that aspect about Vegas, you know, trying to create, um, a little bit of a different experience out here, night in and night out. And and thank God my voice holds up out here. I, I can't believe my voice holds up. Like, I mean, I've been at the tables gambling, smoking cigars and drinking vodka and then wake up the next day and I'm like, oh my God, I can still sing. That's not a good thing. So do you, you go fire at the tables after your shows? Yeah, I do. Any big do wins play? lately? I play craps and blackjack. Nice. You've you've had some big wins, probably. I've had some big ones, and I've had some. <laughs> some big L's. My big ones are always when I'm down and I come back even. Yeah, wow, that's the biggest. So thing. the so I got to go and I got to go and y'all are like this. I come out to tour the theater. Um. And, um, the theater, you know, it's like scaffolding. There's people fucking welding in there, building the stage, and I'm like, cool. And I go sit at the blackjack table and. I get like 10 grand. Dude, dealer runs me off 19 in a row. 19 wins? 19 hands in a row. Oh, Are wow. you playing one hand? One hand. Fuck. 180,000 in 19 hands. I would have hopped off. Fuck. Oh, I did. I took God. it. How, how, and I've how, never. How long do you think that was? Like twenty minutes? N- five. Five. You lost 19 in a row. One. Oh, one. 180. Oh, five hell minutes. Yeah, that's Fuck lit. yeah. That's, dope. What time that's the is best this? feeling. Hey, good, for you, 
That's you the hardest thing. You lose. Know, no, the hardest. You ever, like when you're playing, you're just like, how am I not? Oh losing? yeah. Like, I mean, like I said, I mean it. I didn't even. I just sat down. I put like a five hundred dollar bet, hit it, took it to a thousand, hit it, took it to fifteen hundred, hit it two thousand, hit it four thousand. Jesus. Double, double down, split four, four, four. Take it to eight, and then I was at table max. I was at table max for like eleven hands, ten grand. And I was just like. That's amazing. Good, good for awesome. you for getting up too. Because if that was us, we'd be like, "Yo, we're going for the million and probably lose it all." <laughs> you, yeah. you know, well, I've got some great y'all. I've learned some funny shit out here. <laughs> That's the hardest thing, though, is getting if, up. But yeah, it's is it? Yeah. What? When you're up? I'm kidding. Well, I mean, they for just, me, getting up. You know, there's no, little man. ways they they got you. <laughs> <laughs> but well, they always have an edge, right? Like they got the edge. Are y'all? Are y'all? Now, yeah, how old like are y'all? Twenty eight. You're 28. Y'all are in No, we love to gamble. But y'all are still stupid. Y'all are still stupid. I've never sat down at a table still. Don't. (laughs) Yeah, it's the worst. I kind of like online better now because the second you're losing, you can just switch tables. Well. um, I used to hate online, but now I like it. We play on stake a lot. So, yeah, my nephew's doing that. And he's like, you know, my dad was was like a damn, you know, my dad's a crazy gambler. He, like, the only way we had, like, Christmas money was he would go to, like, <laughs> pool halls and, like, win, at, win pool halls and, and poker games. And, you know, he, uh, he's he got a famous saying. I, I, I was 21, came out to Vegas, and uh, had, like, 400 bucks. Lost it in the first two hours I was here, and I went to the room and, you know, hell, we we didn't have cell phones or whatever. We I think he called me in the room. What are you doing? I said, oh, shit, I'm in the room and I lost all my money. He goes, well, you ain't going to win your money back in the goddamn room. Get down here. I'll oh, give shit, you some dude. money. That some was good his. advice. <laughs> he goes, you ain't going to win it back in the room. So we always joke about it. We get a little down out here. and That's, that's a big joke. But we've had some good. I mean, craps has been. I had, craps, craps has been good to me lately. I used to win money on blackjack get crushed on the craps table, but I got crushed down there earlier, so I'm down a little bit already. <laughs> but I, I don't think, I don't go at it. I go at it just have fun and talk yeah. shit to buddies and drink. And you got to play with what you know like you might lose. Yeah, I mean, you everybody's got to be careful with it, and that's the sad part with somebody. I've always managed, um, you know, like I'll go down there and put a $50 bet down, a $100 bet, and start there. You know, I, I got buddies – I mean, I got some buddies that they come and they're ten, twenty thousand a hand the whole weekend. Yeah, and that's just the way they roll. And but I don't, I don't need like that much like adrenaline from it. But whatever you're buying in with, like, just consider it gone. Possibly, you know. Well, my my favorite moment, my favorite moment when you gamble is when you're on the craps table and you've started and you built your bets and you just got them out there and you're like. This is the shit. And <laughs> down um, one time, uh, one time I had maxed all of my craps bets out last a uh, couple months ago, where every every number on the table was table max, and I couldn't put no mo- more money out there. And that was, <sighs> I don't know if I'll, I may not ever do that again the rest of my life. And it was anxiety. You talk about lighting up a big old cigar mm. and drinking and having fun with it. When you look, you're like, sir, Mr. Brian, you, you can't give us any more money. You're, <laughs> you, all your numbers are. You pretty buzzed up at that point or you dialed I'm in? buzzed yeah. up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you have two, you, you're doing three shows here, right? Yeah, we got uh Wednesday and then we typically do a Friday, <clears throat> but we got Friday off, got Saturday and Sunday. And are those both residency or? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, got it. But you also, you announced the tour that you're doing too, right? Farm tour? Yeah. Yeah, we do a farm tour where we go, man, we go to these big old fields. It's all know. charitable, right? Well, no, we do a lot of charitable aspects. I mean, like I said, I'm we I, I make good money doing it and we, we do scholarships and we work with uh bear um chemicals um in the ag side and, and do a lot of scholarships for kids. And um uh, we do Every community we go to, we give scholarships and stuff, but um, there are a lot of charitable aspects, but, you know, um, 
but we've been doing it for for many many years now we're in the midwest this year we started in the southeast and we pop around but we it's like a traveling circus we pack our stage up put it in the middle of a in the middle of a hay field and you know 15 20,000 people start rolling in it's pretty Damn. it's it's pretty that's exciting pretty magical yeah yeah it's wild now we should after the fight head over have you ever had fuhu downstairs uh, the, yeah how good is fuhu it's pretty good that's probably for me the best place i've ever eaten at it's good stuff now how how much are y'all here are y'all doing i mean where sean you, fights in the ufc so okay he's, he's i come here a, a couple I've, my last 10 fights have been here so i'm here three four times a year how how's your record i thought i recognized you from, yeah. from all that it's undefeated yeah you're undefeated undefeated basically yeah 15 and 0, God, 16 and 0. that's scary that he's that he could just thrash like you gotta come to a ufc fight yeah man i, I anytime yeah, yeah. I mean, when's your next fight next next one's in uh abu dhabi october 22nd it's gonna be like probably the biggest card of the year massive fight fight what weight Russian. class are you bantamweight 135 so usa versus russia this next one it's just amazing that he could just tear your ass up that bad yeah why you thought you had him before you knew that right no i know better (laughs) maybe after a couple more grapefruit bucks though yeah yeah no i'm not i'm smarter than that you're getting any scraps you got a bar fight have to man i you know i i wasn't a big fighter i got like i mean we used to tussle in the yard get sucker punched (laughs) you know i had one of my buddies pop me pretty good and blood in my lip my nose I gotten a couple things I can't talk about. Got a couple <laughs> little scuffles, but uh, I, I'm not a big. I, I do know that I'm not like a big fighter. Like I was never that guy that go drink a lot of liquor and just want to start. And right. I had all my buddies were the ones that yeah. wanted to go start knocking people out in bars and stuff. But I really I'm not a mean, you know. But I you know I've I've been I feel like I could probably handle some punches you know I think. yeah you're a big dude you can take but some, i mean you can i don't take some guys out i've historically always been pretty tough like when it come to like getting hit in football or getting hit baseball i never like flopped around and whined like steiny yeah. flopping around, flopped around but i couldn't imagine just getting just stung right there and having to wear it no yeah. can't do that I, i'm not doing ideally that. that doesn't yeah it doesn't happen man i got yeah. a buddy though that my whole life man he was little and just right off the bat he just popped somebody and it was, he already had you. And he, <laughs> it was over. And pick the biggest dude and just go crack him. Yeah, exactly. That's what Steiny yeah. does. Yeah, no. Steiny's undefeated too, actually. Yeah. I'm 3 0. Fight, I fight within the company, though. <laughs> Co workers only. Thumb wrestle. Him, yeah. He, him and Gabe. Uh, yeah. full, him I and slept Gabe him a long time. He's a Brazilian heavyweight. So when heavyweight. did you start fighting? I was 16 years old. Um, you I just, started like really training. Yeah, I just grew up playing you know, all, football, basketball, soccer, baseball, and I just wanted to do something more like one-on-one sports. Like if I if the team lost, I hated that feeling. So it was like I wanted to transfer over to some of those one-on-one. And I, I what camp are you in, or is that a fair? Is that a smart question to ask? Or? Um, I train in Phoenix. You know, I train at a couple different gyms there. You know, I'm in training camp right now, about 12 weeks out. So for three months, like. I'm dialed in, just just focused on one specific opponent and uh, diet, sleep, training. My life revolves around that that October twenty second. So you got an October twenty second, and you'll train how many hours a day till the? Um, you know the the biggest thing I've I've been training for eleven years. The biggest thing I think over the last couple of years I've learned is not overtraining. I think a lot of people overtrain and try to right. train too much because you're going into a fight. You know, you mentally you're like I gotta just got to keep training. So I think the biggest thing for me is training less still, you know, two hours, three hours a day. Um, Don't fatigue your body. I mean, you got to do a point to kind of push it past, you know, you got to keep building up, building up uh, cardio, but not overtraining. That's when you get injured. That's, you know, a lot of fighters going to fights injured more than you probably even think. Um, Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy crazy. Do you, uh, so do you, do you, are you motivated by money or you just fucking love performing? Man, I just love this. Yeah. I mean, I do. I, I mean, I enjoy money and I enjoy like, it's awesome having and it's fun. Yeah. It's like so cool to like, not really stress about that, stress about that aspect of life. And it's so cool, like hooking your buddies up. (laughs) Like, man, let's, let's go on this trip and go go fly here and go shoot some deer and shit, man. And you yeah. know, the fact that, 
I've had like fishing trips and take. So, um, I mean, I'm very aware of business aspects about this. I mean, I'm pretty sharp as far as, but I'm also, you know, like I'm not so like, I'm not frugal with money to where I can't go like. Spend 50,000 on a crazy trip with the boys or something. Well, yeah. And like, you know, my, you know, like even my my wife had some friends fly to the U.S. Open, and nobody realized that the that the that the tickets were going to be so expensive for the Serena match because it may be. I mean, people mm-hmm. are trying to go buy the U.S. Open stuff, and I was like, "Baby, just tell your friends. We'll get them. Just tell them to get in the damn. Just get in the building. Quit worrying about it." <laughs> yeah, but that's so nice. it's fun to be able to do, and it's 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 actually a family member that we got in, and so. Um, I, I don't. I don't think you can be. I think. I think the sad people are the ones that are just doing it for the money. Mm. Because I think when you're, I think when you would you hear somebody that just doesn't look like they're in a good mood. I think those are people that they're just out there feeding the beast and feeding. Yeah. But like, I mean, I spent eight years like doing this shit for nothing, right? Yeah, and then maybe even longer from no twelve years for just. You know, talking about waking up and throwing a bunch of instruments in a truck and driving through the night and making a hundred bucks. So I I think we, we, you know, so I I do it 100% for the love and you got to love it. You know the deal. I mean, you know, you you probably, your first so many fights, you probably didn't make make a dime. And, you know, the love separates the yeah. men from the boys, in my opinion. So. I get jealous how many, how much you get to perform and like artists get to perform because we get to, you know, get in the cage two times, three times max, four times a year, and it is. It's just that performing is so fun, and I love it. But you unfortunately, know can't sing. You need, you know, over over the over my career, you know, I've gotten to meet a lot of athletes and athletes that I grew up idolizing, athletes that were the highest paid athletes in their in their sport and man when those guys have to when they have a shelf life and that's the beauty of music i mean i'm 46 i feel pretty damn good and as long as i feel good and sing like i want to i mean i can do this for quite a while and like like me and chipper jones are pretty good buddies and you know chipper was certainly one of the best ever and to watch him love the game so much, but have to retire just because—I'm scared of that. It sucks. <laughs> but um, um, me and Adam Wainwright—I don't know if y'all follow me and Adam Wainwright—are pretty good buddies. And hell, Adam's pushing forty, and he's pitching better than he's ever pitched his whole life. So. Yeah, Chipper's a legend. How old's Chipper now? Chipper's a couple years. Chipper may—I think Chipper just had his fiftieth. Oh, whoa! And uh, how, how many shows do you do usually on a tour? You just know, uh, the, currently, you know, I'll do 26 Vegas shows this year, probably about 45 to 50, maybe 45 touring shows. I'll do six farm tour shows, two playa shows. I would, and then I get some privates, you know, some people. And American Idol? And Damn. American Idol. And I work a lot. Posting awards throws too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What the fucking CMAs with Peyton Manning, bro? That's yeah, it's going to be awesome. Peyton and I are good buddies. And yeah. he, uh, that'll be good. It's going to be good. He hosted something before. I can't remember if he hosted. Like, well, he did Saturday Night Live, which. He's funny. He's, oh, good he's too. great, man. He's he's a class act and, and we're going to have a good time together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of another guy that sadly had to have a shelf life. So. Sorry, guys. We got a cut. All right. Luke, you're Gabe, Gabe's Luke's assistant now, I guess. Uh, yeah. You take him for the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. They're they like killing me, girl. I was like, I'm trying. I'm trying. Well, let's Yo, cut it. Shout out to legend, Gabe. though. Yeah, thanks for oh, coming thanks, on. Guys. Yeah, thanks, Yo. Luke. That was awesome, bro. Yeah, yeah thank you. Awesome. We'll definitely have to check out one of those shows, though. Yeah, that'd be yeah. fire. Um, shout out to Luke. Uh, thank you, bro. We really appreciate it. And shout out to Resorts World. Best casino in Vegas. They're always so good to us. Shout out to Resort World. Big residency here, too. Come watch Luke Thanks, here. guys. Let's go. Thank y'all. Love you Fuck guys. Thank you. Thanks.